You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I'm joined, not by Garth this week, but I'm joined by Chris. How are you, Chris? Yes, it's me, the punctual young bachelor of um, Podmania. This this changes every time. You're a bachelor, but there's there's a different adjective. in front. It was eligible, yeah. now it's punctual. I look well, forward I, to seeing what it's going to be next week. Well, to be fair, it's... T- it's- to do with the time because I turned that this recording on time. Um, wow, savage! <laughs> yes, that is a dig I'm at me who kept I'm Chris waiting. Kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm breaking all kinds of kayfabe here. Yes, Gaff has demanded conflict, so we're giving it. <laughs> yes, for the uh, I kept Chris waiting because unfortunately my Bluetooth keyboard decided to have a mind of its own today. Um, but we're here on a Thursday, and this is going to become a little bit of a regular thing, isn't it, Chris? Um, yeah. Um, Basically, if we want an excuse to shove into your face, but we're going to Blackpool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For those few of you who don't know, um, Triple H has announced that NXT UK, um, the one of the most exciting things that WWE is currently putting out, um, is having its own takeover. It's having its first takeover, its own pay-per-view event on the 12th of January to NXT TakeOver Blackpool. And myself, Chris and Garth have all got tickets. We're going to Blackpool and we're all very, very excited. So we thought, what better way to celebrate the fact that we're going to NXT TakeOver Blackpool than to review NXT UK. So that is what we're going to start doing. Myself and Chris on a Thursday are going to review the one or two episodes WWE put out a week of what has been wholly, in these opening 12 episodes, Chris, absolutely stellar product. Yeah, absolutely. Like, with the talent, it should be. But then again, World of Sport had similar talent, and look where the fuck that went. That is um, true. But no, it's, it's been absolutely great, and I'm glad that like no one, I, no one who should be lost in the shuffle is lost in the shuffle. No, like, um, I think that was a concern. Um, especially with two men who we spoke about briefly before recording. Um, yeah. We don't want, you know, that's... And yeah. with everything that's going on um, in the UK scene, we've 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 chosen an interesting week, let's put it that way, to start reviewing NXT UK. Um, yes. I mean, if we start with just the news this week, um, I'm going to start with some of the signings that WWE have made over the last couple of days, Chris. You've probably heard about these, but... Just quickly, the fact that ACH is rumored oh, to have I didn't signed. Hear about ACH, ACH is rumored to have signed for NXT, but he will be going to the American NXT. Yeah. Um, which you know what, good for him, because what it, I've seen of him, you know, on the indie scene and when he's been in New Japan, it's 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 amazed me really that New Japan haven't signed him to bolster their you know their junior division really. But they need. Everything they can get. Exactly. He's a great worker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will, I will not go into detail so we don't turn this into a New Japan podcast. No, that's fair enough. Um, it, it'll be good for him. I think he's he's like Apollo Crews, but with charisma. Um, and then <laughs> secondly, and this is the one that I think everyone has learned about, and this saddens me slightly, uh, Walter. Big um, Daddy Walter. Big Daddy Walter is coming to NXT, and he apparently is being signed to spearhead the new European expansion, which of course means that we could be seeing Walter in NXT UK. How do you feel about that, Garth? Uh, Garth? Chris? Oh my god, it's because I'm used to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like I've cheated on Garth. <laughs> you do not scream your ex's name. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, anyway, Garth? Um... I'm just going to call you that from now on. Um, no, I, I love Walter, um, and I'm saddened to see him taken away from progress. That sort of comes on to what we're going to, I assume, what we're going to talk about immediately after this. Yes, it is. But at the same time, the talent we have, there's like a million dream matches we could have. Like, Joe, I haven't seen, I don't think Joe Coffey's faced him, and that would be 
amazing. Um, it's, it, Bolter is amazing. He's managed to get Chop over in 2018. Yes, he has. And that can't be understated. Like, And to be fair, I saw him live at Shug's house party um, earlier this year. And most chops are as loud as they come across. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They, you know, I don't think watching him on TV does it justice. Um, and if, you know, us going to NXT UK takeovers becomes a regular thing, I look forward to seeing him in the future, definitely. And like you say, there are just there's reams and reams of dream matches for him. Um, you know, that's speaking positively about Walter being signed by um, WWE. Um, he certainly deserves it. But of course, the negative unfortunately comes in the wake of these NXT UK new contracts that are being touted about now news broke earlier this week that contracts were being given to the talent new improved contracts so they will be getting more money but unfortunately they are being pulled from any non-WWE affiliated British indie companies and the companies that they are allowed to work for they are not allowed to face anyone who is signed to New Japan, Ring of Honor, or Impact Wrestling. Or World of Sport. Or World of Sport, I apologise. Now, that was in itself quite worrying until today, where the Wrestling Observer newsletter has sort of alluded to some further developments, which is that when NXT UK became a thing and when WWE started their in inverted commas European expansion and they became they sort of started working with these companies there is some manner of clause um that in the next couple of years WWE can buy those companies and thus close the companies therefore making them without competition in the UK now that's not confirmed. I only read that on the internet today. This could be completely unconfirmed, but I'm sure it said that the Wrestling Observer Newsletter had said this. And if that is the case, that is very, very worrying. Yeah, especially I'm some like Rob can attest to this. I'm always at a fucking indie show. Yes. And I, I, I'm going to miss the UK indies. I, I don't want Discovery to be my best option. For no, what I want to go to. I mean, if you think about the companies that WWE is currently in or working with, that includes Progress, that includes ICW, ICW and OTT, and OTT, and Who, you know, oh, even way, even smaller companies, Preston City Wrestling. No one's going to miss Preston City Wrestling, mate. You don't know. You don't know, man. You don't know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, three big. Big companies that will be missed massively. If this is the case, again, I cannot confirm it. I've read it on several places on the internet, but again, it doesn't seem to have been confirmed. If this is the case, that's shit. That really not, is shit. It's not just that they're going to close them down, especially with the current clauses they have going. Um, it does. It basically creates a divide. There was already somewhat of a divide in these promotions. You could see it. And it just creates more of a divide. Like, just take ICW. Um, Jackie, pa um, basically all they could work with in ICW now are Jackie Polo and Mikey Whiplash. Like, because um, who signed to World of Sport in there? Joe Hendry, Lionheart, um, Beat Gun, Stevie Boy. Like, all the, all the big names that either signed to World of Sport or WWE. So you. So you're either just going to have WWE exhibition matches or World of Sport exhibition, um, exhibition, um, exhibition matches. Yeah. And it's just a bit shit. And especially like in progress, who heavily use Zack Sabre Jr., who heavily use Will Ospreay. And the problem is, even if those companies, you know, are allowed to use the talent, they're not allowed to face Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre yeah, Jr. I mean, exactly. Will Ospreay sent out the best tweet in the, I just thought this was brilliant. Just after this news broke, Will Ospreay sent a tweet out saying, so who is actually left in Britain for me to face? He can just face Marty Skrull a million times. Literally, like he already has. literally Marty Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr. are the only people that he can face. And, um, but not Zack Sabre Jr. because New Japan won't allow that. Yeah. And as a fan of WWE NXT UK, you know, this is great stuff. We're getting the talent that we need, you know, but... For companies like ICW, who consistently put out a fantastic product, they are without the coffees 
Wolfgang, Kenny Williams. They're all, they're without massive names. I will I will say in, just in the case of losing names, it's not bad bad because they still have Henry, they still have Beatty Gun. Like up here, they can they still have their main a lot of their main draw the bait because Kenny Williams was never a main draw especially. No. Like it was mostly the coffees and Wolf, well, Joe Coffee more specifically and Wolfie. Like again, they still have Beatty Gun, they still have Jack, they still have a champion Jackie Polo. It's progress I feel sorry for because half their roster is signed um, to oh, NXT. Yeah. yeah, even the you know the women's division as well. You've got yeah, no, Millie McKenzie. Yeah. You've got Isla Dawn. The entirety of the progress. The progress champion Ginny. Ginny um, Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know that's that. Those are big holes to fill. It's not like they're pro- lower mid carders. Yeah, progress is just going to have CCK standing alone in a ring. Pretty much, yeah. Because they won't even have grizzled young veterans. <laughs> but again, it's going to be them versus Aussie Open every chapter. Although they just announced LAX for the next show, which is going to be fun. That is true. Anything LAX is on is going to be fantastic. Um, but yeah, enough of the negativity. We don't know how that's going to how that's going to manifest itself, whether it it's is like going Brexit. to be... Say again? Like the Brexit of wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who knows what's going to happen? Who kn- Just imagine, instead of Theresa May, we've got Triple H. They look sort of similar. Um, so Same nose. Yeah, exactly. So looking back, we've had 12 episodes now of NXT UK, and as me and Chris have already said, it's been an absolutely just a sensational you know, 12 episodes, and we'll review 11 and 12 that dropped this week. Um, but of the 10 episodes prior to this week, you know, it'd be pointless as going through every single every single show. So we're just going to pick out the main bits and some bits that were stellar. I mean, you've got, you know, right on that very first show, Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar was an absolute barnstormer. It was an absolute clinic. Yeah, it was... I mean, I'm you know not the biggest Noam Dar follower, if I'm perfectly honest. I wasn't entirely sure what he could do. I saw him in the the Cruiserweight Classic, of course, but he was incredible. And him and Pete Dunne had such good chemistry in the ring that it just it flew by. And every yeah. minute you were like, I know Noam Dar is not going to win this, but it doesn't take away from the drama of this match. And the two were just absolutely brilliant in the ring. Definitely not. Noam Dar is definitely, in my <laughs> opinion, the most un- un- underused talent on WWE TV right now. Because yeah. like every card he's on, he will steal the show. Like, and it, be it with someone like Pete Dunne, an international star like Jay Lethal, or even like Kenny Williams, he will steal the show with those people. He's just amazing. Exactly. And then he had another stellar match against Zach Gibson. Yeah. Which was also fantastic in a completely different way, but was fantastic. I mean, he works a crowd so stupendously. And if he is being so underutilized on 205 Live, it, it boggles the mind that himself and Jack Gallagher just aren't allowed to go, do you know what? Go to NXT UK. Spearhead that. Because if I was told that Noam Dar was heading to NXT UK full-time and Jack Gallagher was, and Jack Gallagher was actually allowed to do what he was allowed, you know, what, he's, what he can do, that would be incredible. That would be absolutely yeah. brilliant. Absolutely. Like, um, even if you go back to the Albert Hall, like um, Gallagher had one of the matches of the um, tournament with Gibson. So yeah, definitely. Exactly. Um, you know, Pete Dunne has been defending this championship. It feels like every other week, which you know, it adds legitimacy to his reign, which is fantastic. He's never seemed like he's going to drop it, like no. at any point, even when he, you know, when he had his injury. But it's still, he still produced dramatic. Excellent match. I thought his match with Danny Birch, who I have no shame in saying before this match, I didn't exactly rate, and I certainly didn't rate him as a main card player. Sorry, a main event player, I should say. But after this match, honestly, I thought he was such a good babyface. Yeah. Um, which is weird, considering he looked like someone out of EastEnders. But, yeah, he's he did prove his soul. I think anyone can prove their soul against Pete Dunne. He's like the modern equivalent of Bret Hart, who's just going to have like in many ways the same match but a great match with everybody yeah and that sort of leads into what i perceive as the match of the run so far which we saw on episode 11 um but yeah i agree i thought danny i thought this really made a star out of danny birch um Absolutely. you know if that tag match against the undisputed era didn't already um 
and then we've had the rise of the coffees and Wolfgang. Can I just go on? Why does why does like there's four Scotch people in this whole thing? Why do three of them have to be bad guys? Well, I mean, let's let's look at this logically. If Kenny Williams turned heel, would you see him as a legitimate threat? He's a heel in an ICW. Do you see him as a legitimate threat? No, it's Kenny Williams. Okay. Do <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> if Wolfgang turns heel, you think, fucking hell, he's a big youth. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the coffees are enormous, and Joe Coffey is just a star in the making. He really yeah, is. Absolutely. But I don't... I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the whole Scotland versus England thing we have going on, especially these racist chants. Jesus. <laughs> Are you speaking for your people there? I'm speaking for my people. <laughs> my, although my accent may not give that up. Genuinely, it took me three podcasts to realise you were from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there going, "Why does he keep saying I?" Yeah. What What are all these weird words he keeps coming up with? Um, What's and... a bin? <laughs> is it something you live in? Um, so yeah, I mean, the coffees are going to be fantastic. I mean, when we had the tournament at the Albert Hall, I just assumed that they would just be lumped into the tag division. It'd just be them versus Mustache Mountain, which it sort of is in a way. But I'm glad that you know they are pushing Joe as a singles wrestler. I haven't hmm. seen a lot of Mark yet, um, but Mark's good. He's not Joe, but he's good. Yeah, it seems to be. If I was to compare them to a tag team, the way I see them is very much a Harlem Heat. You know, <laughs> Joe Coffey is Booker T, the standout star. Steve, you know, Mark Coffey, Stevie Ray, he can hold his own, but the real star of the show is Joe. Is that yeah. fair? Is that fair? Absolutely. To be fair, they're not a tag team in ICW, I think, for exactly that reason, so you don't end up comparing them. Fair enough. I mean, if I see more, I'm basing that on, you know, what I've seen so far in eleven, you know, twelve episodes of NXT UK, they, you yeah. know, Mark Coffey could be the best wrestler in the world. Just hasn't been given the opportunity yet. He's not the best wrestler in the world, but let me dream. Let me dream, Chris. Okay, all right. Um, and then the women's division. We've we've got to talk about this women's division. It's the strongest women's division in um, WWE. I completely agree. I completely agree. The talent that they have got. And the matches that they have put on, I mean, we've had the women's tournament for the NXT UK Women's Championship, which is an absolutely stunning belt. I know they've just put a white strap on it, but it looks mm-hmm. gorgeous. But you look at the women that we've seen, we've seen Dakota Kai versus Tony Storm. That was great. Which was I a didn't... great match. It was like a fucking Joshi match. Yeah, it was incredible. And I think Dakota Kai just improves every time I watch her wrestle. She's just, she's brilliant. And Tony Storm is just... She's a woman to build a you know a company around, mm-hmm. and we can go into um, episode twelve very very shortly. Um, and obviously, well, we we won't ruin that. You know, we've seen Isla Dawn, who yeah. is excellent from what I've seen. You know, we've got Millie McKenzie, who is eighteen. Millie McKenzie is eighteen. She makes me feel old, and that's saying something. <laughs> I mean, feel, think of Garth feels. Jesus. <laughs> Garth is probably old enough to be her dad. Um, Garth is old enough to be her dad. Oh, God, he is, yeah. Please don't listen to this, Garth. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we've had some absolutely stellar women's matches. And, you know, just in this tournament, we have had some great matches. Ginny, you know, is absolutely fantastic. She's the most natural heel. Oh, God, yeah. Anyone. Yeah, I'm not not sure how I felt about the... um, Like the... um, what you call them the like oh, the video packages for it not entirely sure how i felt about that but no there we are. but i think the whole i come from privilege thing is just gonna get a heat we need to introduce it somehow yeah yeah i agree um but yeah so far you know up to episode 11 where we start our reviews this has been an outstanding run an outstanding yeah. run um so we'll start with episode 11 i think um chronologically um, this was a good show based very, very much around the main event, the NXT UK title match between Pete Dunne and Jordan Devlin. Uh, we had four matches altogether. We'll start with the first, the tag team match between Zay Brookside and Millie McKenzie, taking on Charlie Morgan and Killer Kelly. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Um, first of all, it's just me. Does Killer Kelly always look like she's wearing a nappy? 
Yes. Yes, she does. Um, it's an unfortunate attire choice. Let's, like, let's, a, let's keep it at like that. Like a leather nappy. Um, <laughs> God, imagine this now. Uh, oh, God. So I've loved the chain wrestling bit at the beginning with Zia and Morgan. Like, just... <laughs> Zia Brookside just copying her father, basically, but I love it. Um... <laughs> I think Killer Kelly always looks green, like really, really green. Like the way she just sort of runs and walks, just some there's something off there. I can't yeah. pinpoint what it is, but like it, this is to put over the babyface team anyway, which absolutely works. Because Zia and Millie are two of the best, and the roster, um, Zia just being a standout among the two, in my opinion, I prefer her to Millie just because I like good chain wrestling. Yeah, abs- I absolutely agree. It was, you know. A shade over five minutes. It was a good, solid tag team match. Uh, Zia and Millie uh, went over after Millie Spears, Killer Kelly, allowing Brookside to cradle for the win. A good, good match, you know, showcasing some of the absolutely outstanding talent that we have got in the NXT UK women's division. It's amazing. Really, really good. We then moved on to Eddie Dennis taking on Ashton Smith. Now... I don't know a lot about Eddie Dennis. I know more than you do. Yes, you do. Um, I know of him from the vignettes where he was a head teacher. And from what I've gathered, he got jealous because of the fame and success that Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews found. Yep, it was. He's actually just off a few in progress about that. He was in a tag team with Mark Andrews called FSU, which was basically just the Welsh boys. Okay. And it was basically the Mark Andrews show with Eddie Dennis being uh, the sort of... It was like Enzo and Big Cass where Enzo just sort of stood out more, except imagine if Enzo could work and wasn't a massive dickhead. Um, I find that hard to imagine. <laughs> I could have used a different tag team. But... <laughs> Do continue. But... But then at Ali Pali, um, Eddie Dennis turned on Mark Andrews, and then like it was basically this storyline going on, and I, it's a solid storyline. Although on the last, um, like they had the blow off at Wembley, um, which Dennis won, and but the last show before Wembley, um, that Dennis was just <laughs> running down Andrew, Andrews after a like a pull apart brawl. He was like. Oh, you use your parents. He was like, and Andrews is like, nah, nah. and then goes on just all these horrible things about Mark Andrews, does, which doesn't break him, and then gets to you use wrestling to get your shitty band over, and then boom, Mark <laughs> Andrews. No one else thought it was nuclear heat, but Mark Andrews saw it as nuclear heat and ran right before. I like to think that was a sheep, which is a shame because Mark Andrews has a shite band. But, he does um, have a shite band. Good wrestler, shite band. Yeah, I wish we wouldn't let him use his own entrance music, but is that what it is? Oh, yeah, that's it. That's no. that's his band. <laughs> that's him singing. Um, Jesus, I really he, he hope should... he doesn't end up listening to this at some point. Like he Mark should... Andrews is going to listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> I once got offered actually to go to go see him when he played Edinburgh. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm washing my hair. Um, <laughs> it takes what... a long time, but. <laughs> But yeah, um, Dennis is great. He, well, maybe not in the walker, but as a character, he he works both his face and heel. Like he did a whole. Um, we used to pretend to be Rey Mysterio in progress. That was weird. It would happen in the middle of a match. It was like a Super Saiyan transformation. But okay, weird. but no, he's he's good. He's a decent work worker. I think he could be a credible contender. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I've seen very little of him, obviously. He's had two matches now. Um, I like Ashton Smith. Um, he's just a bit bland. English ricochet. Yeah, he's, but he's very athletic. I think with the right amount of promo work, he could be a star. However, they're obviously doing a huge build uh, for Eddie Dennis, obviously building mm. towards either a feud with Pete Dunne or with Mark Andrews, depending. Um, but Eddie Dennis wins this quite easily to be perfectly honest crucifix buckle bomb and then his finisher which i think i've got noted down the next stop driver i think that's what they said that crucifix bomb gives me an the absolute fear by the way yeah it looks stiff as balls yeah it's not just that the buckle bomb but is a move that's injured both sting and then balor and then you're taking it and giving the guy less room to sort of 
tense his shoulders or whatever. So Eddie Dennis just... is a lot taller than Seth Rollins as well. Yeah, so he's coming from a lot higher. Yeah, like someone's gonna get injured doing that move, and it's not gonna be anyone's fault. It's just the move. Yeah. So Chris, let let me go back. I was I was going to say let's let's start with the star ratings. I know how much you love a star rating. So that this opening... is why I do marks out of ten on the young lion. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back at that tag match, um, out of five, what should we say? Two and a half. Nah, uh, two and a half would like it's not long enough to be anything above a two. Okay, two stars. Fair enough. We'll agree on two. Eddie Dennis and Ashton Smith, I think roughly the same, two stars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, right. We move on to Joseph Can we just Connors. Skip this next mask match. Yeah. I like fucking nobody cares about he was WCPW champion. Nobody cared. He had a feud with Pete Dunn in progress. Nobody cared. Just... Yeah. The... People seem to think he's worth pushing, but he's fucking not. He's the Hiroki Goto of the oh, UK. Don't compare him to Goto. That's not fair. To who? To Connors. I like how you were about to say go. <laughs> Look, we had a match here. Joseph Connors versus Saxon Huxley. I care about neither of these people. Um, Connors has not been given anywhere near enough TV time for me to care about him. Um, this match I've seen a was... lot of Connors. I still don't care about him. Do you know what? I mean, I saw him a lot when he was in WCPW. Um, I saw, yeah. obviously, his first tournament um, where he went to, I think, the quarterfinals um, mm. or the semis. I, ca- I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he looked okay. But the thing was, in this match, I saw nothing that made me think, fucking hell, this guy needs to be in the main event. And... I, I don't want to use the word boring because that's going to get me ridiculous heat from Connor's fans. He's a good wrestler. He's just not standout. Yeah, he's some he like, he's someone you can throw on a card and have a decent five-minute match for your champion. But like, he had a feud with Pete Dunne and nobody cared. Yeah, if you can't get a feud with Pete Dunne, one of the most over guys in Britain, if you can't get and a feud like that progress. over... This was in progress. Where, you know, one of of notoriously the most raucous crowds in Britain. Yeah. Like, just... He's... You know what? He has a weird look, though. Like, um... Like, just his face. He's missing part of his ear. I guess, but, like, I'm not really talking about his ear, but, like, if he came on the news and it said, um, local man climbs school gates, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Right, okay. What a weird analogy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Joseph Connors beat Saxon Huxley. Um, the things that I cared about in this match were mainly the Jesus chants at Saxon Huxley. And it, it upsets me that the chances are we aren't going to see him at TakeOver because the only thing people care about is the fact that he looks a bit like Jesus. Oh, I get that all the fucking time it's ridiculous if you have long hair and a beard people will call you jesus you are going to get chanted at you are going to get chanted at um no i i was once at a reggae festival and like actual gym in edinburgh i was working there and working i was walking like between the stage and the back and some and this guy just stopped me it's like hey you look like jesus i'm like good five seconds later hey you look like jesus thank you (laughs) that's ridiculous right can we just go back a minute you were at a <laughs> reggae festival. I was working it for um, the sake of the old TV. A reggae festival. Yeah, in Edinburgh. How have we got in winter? How have we got to this point <laughs> and not known that you were into reggae? I'm not actually all that into reggae. I just needed some work experience. Oh, you're so now Bob Marley. <laughs> That's it now. Nickname for life. When we get tour shirts for Takeover, you are Bob Marley. Oh, we're getting told. We really are turning this into a stag day. Jamaican Jesus. <laughs> we're going anyway. to have to explain the fuck out of that. <laughs> it's just going to have to be, we have a podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, we had a video package then hyping the NXT UK women's title match, which would happen, obviously, in the next episode between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Um, I think... Well, let's, let's leave that till... Um, the next episode. Yeah. Um, we then had 
as I've already said, my match of the run so far. Um, um, with the possible exception of that first Noam Dar match. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I might put Tony Storm and Dakota Kai above just because I like those two so much. But yeah, no, I, th- I think this was better. I, I do, I do think this had more drama. And even again, even though you know they've just announced the UK takeover, they are not taking that belt off Pete Dunne before takeover, um, yeah. unless he gets injured, which you know hopefully won't. Um, touch wood. But... I don't think he has any other commitments other than progress stuff, and they don't let you, and they don't let you go crazy. So I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um. I mean, Devlin is just fucking hell. And he's he's so good that he's managed to strip the shake within Balachance. Because yeah. those were a problem. Like him um, especially at the first tournament, that those were a huge fucking problem. I kinda d I'm gonna put my hands up and say I had no clue who Jordan Devlin was at that tournament. No, I didn't. Uh, but he he is amazing. Like in he had a great showing in Strong South sixteen this year. He won the um, Wasteman Challenge, which if you're not familiar is an annual um, rap battle between everyone who got knocked out of the Super Strong Style Tournament. Um... <laughs> <laughs> is this the first you're hearing of this? <laughs> oh my god, I need to watch more progress. He won with the line um, your 8 by 10s are so lonely they hang themselves. Oh, wow, that's incredible. I have all new respect for this man. Yeah, um, he and he also pale, um, pale kicked a beach ball, Chuck Mambo's beach ball into the crowd. It was great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, do continue. But yeah, he's like, and then I saw him at, but I saw him in Edinburgh for an ICW show last year. This is going to be half his podcast going, well, I saw this guy at this. And um, they were getting, he was getting the shite Finn Balor chance and. Just poor guy, because he's so good. And, like, he's not on par with Finn Balor, but very few people are. And he's one of the best guys the UK division has. Like, if he if they had, like, the equivalent of the North American title, they would have... He would be holding it, in, in all likelihood. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, you're right. The whole Finn Balor thing, it's not held by the fact that he was trained by Finn Balor, is Irish, and looks like Finn Balor. It, yeah. it does not help. It's not like this was a stupid chant. It's the fact that, Jesus, he does look like Finn Balor. Um, yeah. But, you know, from when I first saw him in that that first inaugural tournament to now, the charisma of the man, you know, working as a heel, yeah. it's just, it's, it's natural. He's so good at it. And he's so good in the ring. He's so smooth. And so, you know, just everything he does him. is so crisp. You've seen him working at half capacity because um, he can't do package power drivers and probably because Mark Andrews does it, isn't allowed to do a shooting star. Um, so you're seeing him, you're seeing a sort of neutered, slightly neutered um, Jordan oh, Devlin. Well, you know, if he ends up in whatever capacity on the takeover card, I am extremely excited. But this match, it had absolutely everything these two gave as much as they could give on a television taping it was mm-hmm. it was near pay-per-view quality well it was pay-per-view quality it was pay-per-view mm-hmm. quality if that was on a if maybe may, wouldn't be the best match on a, like a takeover but if i was on a wwe pay-per-view that would be the best ma- match of the God, night yes absolutely i mean we saw spanish flies we saw a super spanish fly we saw spanish fly off the fucking ring steps i mean yeah and you could see Pete Dunne. You saw if you can actually see the muscle in his leg twitching, which I thought was a bit gross. Um, but <laughs> but you still zoomed in on it. Oh yeah, god yeah. Pause zoom. Um, <laughs> you can see the exact moment his leg breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean everything from the penalty kicks to the forearms to the chops just sounded stiff. They worked mm-hmm. everything so well, and the fact that you had such almost a clash of stars where you've got Jordan Devlin who's a badass but still a high flyer you know hitting these you know moonsaults he hit a lion salt at one point and then you've got Pete Dunne just working the joints manipulating everything and hitting stiff as fuck that headbutt towards the end brutal no brutal and then you've got Devlin just Devlin's character work ripping out Pete Dunne's mouth guard mm-hmm. and then hitting him with a super kick the crowd chanting. Eat. By the way, I do. 
this brings up a great point. I'd love that Nigel McGuinness is on a show where he doesn't have to be next to Percy Watson. <laughs> he is like the whole point. As soon as the mouth guard came out, he was like, oh, this is opening done out to a knockout. I'm like, yes, Nigel. Yeah. And I think, you know, while we're talking about the commentary team, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness do a fucking brilliant job on this you show. You don't. You don't notice how good we are while you're watching the show, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. If if the commentary team is carrying a show, it's not a good show, and I haven't noticed that once, really. Mm, I mean, that's... this match was fucking brilliant. That's that's my one thing about Mauro Ranallo. While I do love him, he, he he can distract you. He can. He can. I mean, I, I absolutely adore that man, and mm. if I was to choose a lead commentator, I would choose Mauro Ranallo. Um, yeah. Because he live he lives it he lives he's, it and genuinely especially on that last NXT takeover you have felt you seen like the supercuts they put out yes oh, they yes. are amazing where he, where you see the one where Champa and Gargano and Champa does the air raid crash through an announce table and you actually see Maranello just lose his shit <laughs> and it's amazing um, going back to this match though there's. Pete Dunne hitting the bitter end, but he's just too exhausted to actually get up and cover Devlin. I which... love the Devlin just rolling over to yeah. avoid the pin. You've got Jordan Devlin working the knee and then doing a um, standing moonsault on the knee, which I really liked. Um, but eventually, as I've already stated, Pete Dunne was never losing this match. No. With what um... they've invested, he's not losing this match. Is he ever going to lose this fucking title? I don't think it's going to be like Bruno San Martino I, losing the title when he loses it. I'm str- until until he breaks away from Mustache Mountain and potentially goes against Tyler Bate again. I genuinely cannot see a man to take this title off Pete Dunne. I mean, I see Coffee potentially Joe Coffee. I mean, the first. En- I think that might be a good thing when we get start the next show. Yes, we'll we'll talk about that very shortly. Um. Rolling into the the end credits of this match. That super kick with the mouth guard out, that gets Devlin a two. Devlin goes for a lion's salt, gets elbowed by Pete Dunne. He then locks him in a triangle hold, snaps the fingers, and eventually Devlin taps. Pete Dunne retains. Um, this match, again, was absolutely brilliant for me. Um, I'd give it four, four stars out of five. We're, touch, we're touching four and a half, but I'd go four stars. Um, I'm gonna disagree. It's again, it's because of the types of wrestling you watch. But I'm gonna go for three and a half. Okay. Um, it's as good as you can probably get for a TV match, like. But I think the lack of drama with Pete, like, it was an objectively great match. The fact that Pete Dunne's never losing that title sort of takes away from it. It's probably the best match, with the exception of that triple threat from earlier this year, and it's probably the best match we've had. Um, between the t- um, on t- a TV show this year. Okay, let's compromise and say three hundred, three, three and three quarters. Okay. Um, the uh, Joseph Connor Saxon Huxley match. Dud. You really think dud? I don't. I don't care about. Like, like I would care more if fucking Hiroki Goto went up against Yoshihashi. I just don't care. Okay. About Joseph Connor. Well, I am gonna, I am gonna pull rank here and give it one and a half. Okay. You can have even went with one, but okay. Fine. I'm going to give it one and a half. So there we are, ladies and gentlemen. That was episode 11. A really solid episode. Um, it built towards what is going to be an interesting episode that we're going to review now with the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament Final. Um, and a lot of storylines were set up, which I quite like. So episode 12 dropped the same day on the 28th of November. We started with Joe Coffey, your boy, taking the on... The best man of the brand. Taking on uh, Tyler Bate. Chris, what do you think? Um, I, I didn't know Tyler Bate was coming coming out because it was meant to be that Sid guy. That, it's supposed like, to be Sid spot. Scarlet originally. Joe Coffey was scheduled to take on Sid Scarlet. Um, Sid Scarlet said he hadn't been medically cleared, uh, but he wanted... He'd been given permission by Johnny Saint to come in and sort of announce who his replacement was going to be. To be fair, before we start this, I am not surprised Sid Scarlett was not medically cleared. The pasting he has taken at the hands of, like, Dave Mastiff. The pasting he took at the hands of him, I'm not surprised. And Eddie Dennis. Oh, man. I know. Uh, I know. Um, although, 
Um, I, he he better might get a stable that they call the Mistrons. Just <laughs> Captain Scala and the Mistrons. Yeah, <laughs> retro reference. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this match. So we eventually get Tyler Bate coming down. Um, Mustache Mountain have had issues with the Coffees and Wolfgang. Um, obviously they injured Trent Seven, injured his knee. So Tyler Bate is looking for revenge. Opinions, Chris. Um, it was a good slugfest, but it was broken up by DQ. I don't see the point in not giving Coffee the win, to be honest with you. I So, this match, a really good match, um, but again, it's broken up by uh, Mark Coffee and uh, Wolfgang coming in and destroying Tyler Bates. At one point during this match, Trent Seven does come down, knee brace on, sort of limping down to get into Tyler Bates' corner. Um... I feel that this kept both men strong and you heard the reaction. I mean, we we spoke before we came on air about the difference between the Cambridge crowd and the Birmingham crowd. And the Birmingham I, crowd... It's shite and I hate it. If it's not British strong style, they ain't popping. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's not just that. They were such a cunty crowd. Like, um, the whole um, counting the number after what the ref is counting, what is even the point you weren't presented with any boring matches really on this show no and you're doing that like if we were doing this shit during the dunn and um the dunn and devlin match or i don't want to fucking hear they were bored they're just a shite crowd yeah i mean there was some there was some parts of this show and the last show that we just reviewed and i was thinking why why are we not popping this is this is a big moment but alas nothing came of it so the coffees at this point are beating down uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. A uh, chance of bruiser weight uh, started coming from the voice of the crowd, who I'd genuinely forgotten were there. Um, and Pete Dunn comes down, comes down, scares off the Coffees and Wolfgang almost single-handedly. I got um, a bit annoyed at that because I'm so I'm looking at them and going, "You are big boys with very stiff lariats, just big strong boys." <laughs> I I hate that gimmick. Um, like in the in the build up to fucking Wembley, he was just like, "I'm the boy, I'm the strict big strong boy." I'm like, "That's your build up, your shit." <laughs> there's there's a bit I am going to talk to you about in this match, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, we then had a stare down between the six men. I'm excited for these matchups between mm-hmm. the Coffees and Wolfgang, who really need a name. I can't just keep calling them the Coffees and Wolfgang. Um, and then obviously British strong style. The thing I didn't like about this match was Coffey, big, big power game, you know, obviously. And Mm -hmm. he targeted Tyler Bates back throughout this. And for the most part, Tyler Bates sold the back. Sold the back really, really well. Couldn't do the Tyler Driver 97 because his back hurt too much. But then Trent Seven came down and suddenly Tyler Bates is able to lift Joe Coffey, a big yoth, able to pick him up for the aeroplane spin and do the, the thing where he sort of goes down because he can't do it anymore and then rises back up because he's a big, strong boy. Why is, it, why is he able to do that with the back injury? That's something um, that winds me up about wrestling. If you're going to sell it, go whole hog. Don't do the moves that incorporate that. I mean, I the, the one of the people that does it the best, and I know it winds some people up, is Matt Jackson. Yeah, he's great at selling his back. Partly because his back is fucked. But, yeah. you know... You look at matches with him. He's not holding his back and then doing shooting star presses. Like when Bear, I'm going for more bang for your buck. Nick has to help him. Exactly, but... that's perfect. I mean, Tyler Bate does a sh- running shooting star press. I I can see the argument of sort of fighting spirit, but at the same time, I only see that in title matches and not against someone who has a good fifty pounds on you. No. Like, I mean, look at the main event. You want selling? Look at the main event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is the way to build a babyface. Fuck me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, but this is actually, this match does bring up a fear I have that NXT will turn into, in the same way Ring of Honor turned into Bullet Club, um, the show. This might turn into British Strong Style of the show because, again, the crowd didn't care for anyone. But And it's not through lack of building, it's through the crowd not knowing. Don't forget, mostly. we, you know, don't forget we are in Birmingham. And obviously, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, and yeah. um, Pete Dunn are all from the surrounding areas, Wolverhampton and Dudley. So, yeah, to be fair, when when they eventually have one in Scotland, it's just going to be ICW chant the whole time. So exactly, exactly. But it's a DQ. I still thought it was a good match. Um, it, was and, the, it was a good opener. And this angle, you know, the way they built it, fantastic. I'm real looking forward to this. You know, 
the six-man tag that we're going to have eventually as a blow-off is going to be outstanding. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Um, the match itself, you know, two stars for me. Yeah, two. It's average. Um, we then move on to Ligero taking on Dan Maloney. And this was what I meant. Now, Dan Maloney is from Birmingham. Not mm-hmm. one person gave a fuck. Yeah, it's fucking Ligero's ridiculous. from Leeds. <laughs> Ligero, like I mean, admittedly, Ligero's brilliant. Though, when he came yeah. out, did not realise he was wearing trunks. Skin-coloured trunks, not Bad your idea. friend, El Ligero. Not uh, your friend. You look like a Kendo. Yes, you did look like a Kendo. But um, I don't like that, that, that admitting he's from Leeds. I liked the kayfabe of him being from Mexico. Yeah. Um, the Leeds luchador doesn't have the same ring to it, they think it does. No, it doesn't. Um, this was a good match, though. I mean, Ligero's fantastic in the ring. Um, I thought it complemented well with Maloney's power game. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I would have changed about this match was that Maloney had very, very little, got very, very little offence in. I don't think they're going to push Maloney anytime soon. No, they aren't. And obviously, Ligero is that lovable baby face. You know, I, I don't want to say the Rey Mysterio build because, you know, I'm not just going to compare them because they've that got just... masks on. But, I, but this actually. People were chanting you're just a shite Sin Cara at him at some point in this match. And I wouldn't have noticed if they didn't, like, they, they've been censoring out the swear words. Um, I didn't notice this. Like, you can notice it, like, and in, in, I first noticed it in the Dakota Kai versus Tony Storm, when, like, it turned, normally it's like Tony, Tony, Tony fucking Storm, but it was like, there was a weird gap where, they'd ob- where it's ob- obviously been censored. Now that you mention it, yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I and did notice did that. Was... I didn't realise why, though. Um, it, it, it can only be censoring. It can't be. Any, I doubt they're bleeping themselves. No, that's um, true. But not Ronello, But yeah, so we did it, and so so I didn't know what to be more annoyed about, like the sudden cutting crowd audio of the fact that we're calling Lagero <laughs> shite Chinkara. <laughs> I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, there's there's absolutely no way that Lagero is worse than Chinkara. No. Ligero is far more consistent. Ligero's had a good match with, Sin- with Rey Mysterio. Exactly. Sincara can't say that. Um, I will say one thing for Maloney. His spine buster is absolutely gorgeous. He has Great got stuff. a very, very good spine buster. Um, not as good as Carl Anderson's or Juice Robinson's, but definitely a good spine buster. Yeah, definitely a good spine buster. Um, Carl Anderson's is beautiful. Um, misses a top rope leg drop, lands right on his arse, and that looked like it hurt. So oh, much. I, I was expecting his spine to come through yeah, the, t- the top, top of his, of his neck. <laughs> um, but we eventually get a sliced bread, which was nice from Ligero, gets him a two count, follows him up with a springboard DDT to win. Ligero back to winning ways. I just, I, It was a good match. I just don't think we saw enough of Dan Maloney. And as you said, I don't think we're going to get a push for Dan Maloney soon because we've got too many big men in that division anyway and I feel like he's a bit bland similar to Ashton Smith just a bit bland you know he's mm-hmm. got, he's, a, he's a good solid pro wrestler but you need something more if you're going to get pushed especially in the stacked on the stacked roster that we've got um I'd go I'd go one and three quarter stars same um, I, I just I don't think I can give it any more simply because there wasn't enough drama in the match at no point did I think Dan Maloney's taking this um, we then got a tag team match between Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan, taking on the grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson. I'm going to quickly read my first note. Um, Your first for, note? Verbatim. Oh, okay. From this match. Go for it. Um, what it, it's about Jordan and Williams. What is this team? How? Like, I know, but how? <laughs> um, because if they are doing well they are doing when they do the nxt uk tag teams uh they'll have a championship to fight for and they need teams to fill the division because at the moment we have mustache mountain we have a team made up of you know joe coffee mark coffee and wolfgang we have the grizzled young veterans and that's it. <laughs> that is it. That that's literally it. So yeah, you know, you need teams, and obviously we've we've said this before. We don't want 
people lost in the shuffle. I was worried about James Drake, and you said you were worried about Zach Gibson. You, we cannot lose Zach Gibson. No, you know, for all not. the heat he gets, and for just the hilarity that ensues, and him trying to do promos whilst just the entire crowd is booing the living shit out of him. You like, know, it it's it would be such a shame to lose him in the shuffle. So I'm glad that they've got something for him. Also, promos between him and Trent Seven are always gold. Yeah. Um, like they're never not gold. No, and, <laughs> and it's hilarious in progress with Wizard Young Veterans and Mustache Mountain had a feud and um trent seven just take kept taking the piss out of the fact that zach gibson at the time was the only one not signed to wwe <laughs> so he just got up to james drake and go colleague uh, <laughs> and, and there was there was uh, progress had a show called, called unboxing every year where we don't reveal what the card is and similar to new year's dash <laughs> yeah and the first opening match of this of last year's was mustache um mustache mountain cck Grizzled Young Veterans and I think Aussie Open all came out and Trent Seven and Tyler Bate got to pick teams. Uh, <laughs> and a blow-up doll of Kid Lycos got picked for Zach Gibson. <laughs> the man is just brilliant. Honestly. But I love him. He has the whole arena taking his um, taking their shoes off. Which, to be fair, we've both been to wrestling shows. That's going to fucking stink. It is not going to be pleasant. It's not going to no. be pleasant. Um, I imagine that this was put in place to put over Zach Gibson and James Drake as a badass team. It did that, and they went over with the ticket to ride. Yeah. Um, um, Williams had a good hot tag uh, later in the match, but yeah, it was definitely just to put over Grizzard Young Veterans. Although, I, if I was to change anything, Jordan should surely take the pin. Like, Williams has more potential. Yeah, also, no, I, I agree. I thought that was it, why Amir Jordan was in this match. Yeah. If I'm perfectly honest. Um, but a, a solid two-star match, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, we then get to the main event. Um, oh, very quickly, when Johnny before... Saint came out, he had the face of, I just want to go home and watch Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> Looks like he's been on Antiques Roadshow. Um, <laughs> someone's tried to sell him. Um, <laughs> he was only worth 50 quid. He's worth <laughs> a hot dog and a handshake. They bought him back. Um <laughs> So we had the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament final between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. Now, it was pretty common knowledge uh, before this match that Tony Storm was working injured. Yeah. Um, she, I believe, did she get injured in the semi final? I think so. Yeah, against Ginny. Well, against Ginny. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel if. Tony Storm hadn't have got injured in that semi-final. She was winning this match. She was winning um, the title. That's my opinion, anyway. I guess. Um, but at the same time, she still took nasty bumps. She could still work a decent match. Like yeah. if they were, if they, if they were worried about her being injured, they would have made excuses and taken her out the match. So I have a feeling this might have been a plan already. But at the same time, this was filmed before Rhea Ripley's amazing run in the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely improved as the year's gone on. Oh, yeah. Especially like last year in the Mae Young Classic. I was like, who's this tall Australian person and how she made it so far in this tournament? <laughs> and then it came to this year. It's like, oh, shit, I'm actually fucking scared of her now. Oh, she would make mincemeat of me. She's the type mincemeat. She's the type of person who, if I was in a mosh pit in, a, in the barrel and, and just run into her, her I just to make do my best to just walk calmly out of the mosh pit to get away from her. I'd bounce off her, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, she, she said she's five foot eight, and I genuinely thought she's not fucking five foot eight. Oh no, they said Tony Storm was five foot eight. Which oh, is did bollocks. they? Right, okay. They said she's I think not. they said she was six foot two. Like I know that Rhea Ripley's six foot, but I'm pretty sure Tony Storm's like five foot two. She's small. I was just going to say, they built Rhea Ripley really well, the commentary team. Yeah, definitely. But this match obviously was built around Tony Storm's back. Um, Very, very, very early on, uh, Rhea Ripley launches her into the barricade and she sells the back injury. We were talking about selling earlier on the show about Tyler Bate and Tony Storm selling. And obviously it's it's a lot easier to do when you're working with a legitimate injury. But there were physical tears and... Mm -hmm. If you want to build a baby face, not that Tony Storm needs building, um, this is the way to do it. Jesus Christ, the working through the pain, you know, getting those big moves, attempting to get those moves in against the giant. It's it's just 
booking 101 and it worked so well. Yeah, absolutely. It made Ripley look like an absolute bastard. An yeah, absolute like, I can, bastard. I can see her having a massive run with that massive heel run of that tail. Yeah. Like and when that rematch happens, um the heat is going to be nuclear if people have been watching the product. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because people love Tony Storm. Absolutely yeah. love her. Um, I mean, I traded Charlotte to get her in the draft. In the PPW draft, yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, which, you know, should go to show just how important Tony Storm is when she's traded in such a such a stellar, stellar draft. Um, but this entire <laughs> thing was, <laughs> was, built, was built as Ripley hitting massive moves and Tony Storm attempting to get those moves in. You know, even the sequence with the German suplexes. Mm-hmm. She hits two of them, can't hit the third. The that backdrop early in the match on the apron. Oh god! Oh Jesus! Like any time that happens, I was like, I think I cringed more of that than I did at the apron suplex at uh, Evolution. Jesus! Yeah, and then there was another back body drop later on in the match, actually towards the very very end. Yeah, uh, where she went for Storm Zero and Ripley back body dropped it over the top rope and straight onto the floor and you could hear a whimper as she hit the floor I had a slight problem with how telegraph that spot was because they were halfway across the ring and Tony Storm literally positioned her like and facing the other way Tony Storm literally had to position her oh yeah absolutely but even so you know the spot was awful it must have been horrible to take they're both incredibly young aren't they yeah they're like both like 22 yeah so it does make sense that real like real Ripley's a tiny bit green and like she'll pick that up like, but that small thing sort of took me out of the match a little bit. Yeah, even so, do you know what I I, I still enjoyed this match. Yeah, it's a good um, match. Rhea Ripley goes for Riptide and Tony manages to counter it. Goes for Storm Zero. Her back gives out. Storytelling, selling, loving it, and then Ripley does manage to hit the Riptide and finishes it. And this was one of the few times that the Birmingham crowd came alive because on the yeah. hard cam, you saw people on the front row go, what the fuck? Yeah, again, this is before she got a massive push in the... By the way, can we take a moment to appreciate how great a heel Rhea Ripley has been in the past few months since yes. Tegan Knox got injured? Oh she, my God. she dressed up as Tegan Knox, Knox with a broken leg for Halloween. Oh. I can't wait for Tegan Knox to come back. Oh, that that she needs to be the one who dethrones Ripley because that would be amazing. Yeah, but she's she's a, such a good wrestler. I cannot yeah. wait for her to come back. She she came out to like a theme from like Bewitched or something in progress, and that got her over. God. Um, uh, what would you? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Um, what would you give this as a star rating then, considering everything going into it? And mm-hmm. they've clearly had to rework the match. Yeah, well, three. You'd give it three? The, on the drama alone, I'd give it three. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I was going to say between two and three quarter and three stars. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to go three. Um, I would have, To be honest, I would have went 3.25 if there wasn't that awkward bit in the middle. Yeah, there was a bit of an awkward bit. There was also a really awkward um, sort of almost a sunset flip into a mm-hmm. pin. And just, I don't know. I don't know whether it was Tony Storm's momentum or whether it's Rhea Ripley not being in the right, but sort of, they went for a pinfall, and so Re- Tony Storm just sort of fell off her. And yeah. uh, it just, it seemed a bit messy, but you know what, considering they will have had to have changed the match, whether they change the winner, you can debate amongst yourselves. Um, it Ultimately, it sort of works into the, you know, the brand's favour, because Rhea Ripley is going to be a fantastic champion, and Tony Storm chasing it, when she eventually gets that title, the pop is going to be a massive, massive pop. Rhea, um, Rhea has really benefited from um, UK favourites getting injured this year, hasn't she? She really has. Yes, she has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not implying anything. I was just going to say, please don't. Um, <laughs> but overall, hats on. <laughs> overall, two really, really, really good shows. Two really good shows. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think we can spend this week. Yeah, I don't think we can offer. I don't think we can ask for anything else from two, you know, hour-long shows. We've had two absolutely brilliant main events. One stellar. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Like just the pure talent, and I've been bigging up the UK talent on when wherever I can. 
um, on podcasts, on these podcasts for ages now. So I'm glad we have a reason to talk about them every week now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that we're doing these reviews. I'm really happy that the talent is getting the spotlight that they deserve. I can't imagine for a minute that some of the talent on NXT UK are going to stay on NXT UK for too long. Um, you know, no, Mustache Mountain. That's sort of and, that. Yeah, British Strong Style won't be staying on there too long. I can't see Tony Storm staying on there too long, if I'm perfectly honest. No. Like, um, mostly for no other reason, but then what women's division does NXT have right now? That's true. Kyrie saying they basically have the big money match with Shirai and then what's left? Aaliyah? Is Aaliyah going to go for a title? Oh, Jesus Christ. You've got Candice LeRae, you've got Nikki Cross, you've got Dakota Kai who's working both. Oh, uh, oh Nikki Cross is up now. I forgot about Candice LeRae because they barely fucking use her. They, they yes. basically used her as Johnny Gagano's um, wife, which is a shame because Candice LeRae is better than Johnny Gagano. I disagree. Not because she's a woman. I really? just Have think Johnny Gargano is fantastic. <laughs> I just don't feel like you can do... Um, he's, he's fantastic. They're not really apples to apples workers, if we're honest. They're different types of wrestlers, but I know, I love Candice LeRae. <laughs> All right. Not in that. The world's cutest tag team is a very underrated tag team. No, I agree. I do agree. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week. Um, NXT UK episodes 11 and 12, fantastic shows, and they build very, very well to next week. Did you enjoy the shows? Let us know on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find us at Podmania. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, CastBox, wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a star rating and a comment it really really does help the podcast out in the meantime talk to me on twitter at at real rob goodwin chris where can they find you at young lion cxd thank you very much for listening ladies and gentlemen and we will talk to you guys again soon <laughs>